Today on the Word Preacher Podcast, visitors welcome, spiritual gifts, and why bother recording? I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. Our reading today brings us to uh, Doctrine and Covenants sections 46 through 48. Um, We will be uh, getting started by talking a little bit about the signs that appear in front of our church buildings. Visitors welcome. Uh, This is kind of a long-standing tradition, and so it can be a little bit surprising to realize that this was not always the case. Um, Meetings tended to be a little more exclusive. Um, And we've already discussed how this might be uh, something that's possible with respect to baptism. We need to make sure that individuals are prepared before they're baptized. Uh, We're not just baptizing everyone. Um, And, uh, you know... Other similar sorts of things that we'll discuss also tend to indicate that the Lord's kingdom is, to some degree, based on some form of exclusivity, that uh, not everyone is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Straight is the, the gate and narrow the way, which leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it, which is what Jesus taught. Um, the Lord, however, instructs otherwise with respect to allowing people to worship services. Uh, this is Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, verses 3 through 7. Nevertheless, ye are commanded never to cast anyone out from your public meetings, which are held before the world. Ye are also commanded not to cast anyone out who belongeth to the church, out of your sacrament meetings. Nevertheless, if any have trespassed, let him not partake until he makes reconciliation. And again I say unto you, ye shall not cast out any out of your sacrament meetings who are earnestly seeking the kingdom of God. I speak this concerning those who are not of the church. And again I say unto you concerning your confirmation meetings, that if there be any that are not of the church, that are earnestly seeking after the kingdom, ye shall not cast them out. But ye are commanded in all things to ask of God, who giveth liberally. And that which the Spirit testifies unto you, even so I would that ye should do in all holiness of heart, walking uprightly before me, considering the end of your salvation, doing all things with prayer and thanksgiving, that ye may not be seduced by evil spirits, or doctrines of the devils, or commandments of men. For some are of men, and others of devils. Okay, so of course, today we do display uh, visitors welcome very prominently on our meeting houses in harmony with this instruction from the Lord. Now, it's also important to note here that there are circumstances where people should not be welcome. 
where a meeting can be disrupted, and it may be necessary for a presiding authority to dismiss the meeting. Uh, that's not necessarily grabbing the microphone away from people and, and trying to silence them, but it may become necessary if there's some disruption or uh, someone who's been persecuting of, of the faith and of other individuals who is being disrespectful of the worship, it may be necessary to dismiss the meeting. Now, it does mean, however, that individuals are meant to see how we worship. And a reminder to those who have joined the Church of Jesus Christ that it, there's really nothing that's secret. We always need to be conducting ourselves in a way that is becoming of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, there's not a setting where it's because it's hidden from public eyes that a person is allowed to let their hair down spiritually. You always are meant to be a witness of God at all times in all places that you may be. All right. Now, as we mentioned, there are also exclusive elements in the Church of Jesus Christ. And this isn't just in the latter days. Jesus himself gave different instruction and knowledge to his apostles than he did generally, including the expounding on the meanings of some parables, including the parable of the sower, and other special instructions for missionary service or church administration. These things were not necessarily a part of his general teaching of everyone. It was exclusive to people for whom these messages applied. That's not necessary to say that Jesus was keeping secrets from people at large, but he was wanting things to be done in order, and that some people have need of a general message, and others in other roles have need of specific instructions. The Holy Temple has always featured some degree of exclusivity whether that's Abraham chasing animals away from the offerings he had made to the Lord, that these uh, you know, divided animals are not just a general purpose for everything. They have a specific purpose, and we need to ma maintain the holiness of that setting. Or certain individuals being allowed to enter the holy place or the holy of holies in the tabernacle and later the temple. Uh, this was not a public area where everyone could go. It was meant to be a little more exclusive and for very specific purposes, requiring recommends and appropriate standards in Latter-day temples is also something that is an example of some degree of exclusivity. Uh, temple worship has always reflected the extra effort exerted by individuals to leave the world in general the way that we are naturally and go to God. And exclusivity in these cases helps guard this aspect of worship, to leave the world and go to a place that is higher and holier. This reflects the sacred nature of an individual's efforts to make and keep covenants and ultimately to commune with the Most High. 
So it's okay that there are some places not labeled visitors welcome. And ultimately, we do want everyone to walk the covenant path that leads to Jesus Christ. No one knows how to do this better than Jesus Christ himself. Follow his standards and the instructions that are given by his prophets and apostles. All right, let's discuss spiritual gifts. Early in Kirtland, Ohio, there was a great enthusiasm for gifts of the Spirit. Spiritual gifts were important elements of the Church of Jesus Christ as recorded in the New Testament, and even the Old Testament uh, included accounts of their use. Some individuals, however, in Kirtland were so enthusiastic about this that they were open to doing things that seemed less spiritual, even off-putting. Um, lesson manuals kind of describe some of these practices where individuals would writhe on the ground like snakes or behave like baboons, strange babbling and convulsions, all in the name of gifts of the Spirit, which prompts a really important question. What really is a spiritual gift? And what is some counterfeit? What's something else? Let's turn to our reading. This is section 46, verses 8 through 12. Wherefore, beware, lest ye are deceived, and that ye may not be deceived. Seek ye earnestly the best gifts, always remembering for what they are given. For verily I say unto you, they are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep all my commandments. And him that seeketh so to do, that all may be benefited, that seek or ask of me, that ask and not for a sign, that they may consume it upon their lusts. And again, verily I say unto you, I would that ye should always remember and always retain in your minds what those gifts are that are given unto the church. For all have not every gift given unto them, for there are many gifts, and to every man is given a gift by the Spirit of God. To some is given one, and to some is given another, that all may be profited thereby. All right, so the enumeration of specific spiritual gifts is frequently used when we talk about this section. And we will discuss several of these gifts, but the warning of the existence of deceptions is important as well. It's possible for a person to think that something comes from the Spirit and to be wrong. And it's also possible for a person to willfully deceive others into thinking that they have a gift they actually do not possess. Gifts have specific purposes, and they're not meant to just satisfy curiosities, slake lusts, or offer signs to sign seekers. Beware of people whose gifts lead them and others away from the apostles of Jesus Christ or into conflict with the scriptures and establish doctrines of his church. Let's talk about a few of these gifts. One that's mentioned is to know by the Holy Ghost that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is important. Testimony 
is something that is frequently reflected in the first Sunday of the month uh, during sacrament meeting, where people stand and declare that they know something. Um, this is a gift to know this. And it's interesting that immediately after, uh, it says others have the gift of the power to believe on their words, the power to believe and continue in faith. Also a gift. If you feel like you don't have a testimony, the power to believe can help you. And while it is good to seek the best gifts, it is not good for a person to tell God that God gave him the wrong gift or to despise others or envy them because they have different gifts. It's also a spiritual gift to understand the differences in administration and also the diversity of operations. Now let's talk about what those mean just a little bit. Uh, differences in how things are administered or how they should be administered is kind of like knowing how to do the right thing in a given situation. Uh, this is a vital uh, uh, gift that helps people lead uh, they, if they know how to administer correctly. Diversity of operations is knowing what kinds of operations come from what source to know whether or not something comes from God. Discern the source of an operation. There are other meanings to these as well, but I think that'll be sufficient for this discussion to, to be able to know what, what's the right thing to do and to know what source something is coming from, whether it is right. Um, others that are enumerated in this section include wisdom and knowledge to heal and to be healed, generally miracles, prophecy, the discerning of spirits to understand spiritual sources of knowledge and power, and tongues and the interpretation of tongues to be able to speak or to understand different languages by the power of God. All right, um, the role of presiding authorities uh, frequently intersects with some of these gifts. These become some of the best gifts for people that have certain responsibilities to seek in connection with their responsibilities, with their callings. Um, the presiding authority is to discern whether gifts be not of God and to guard the church accordingly. There are false signs. There are gifts that do not come from the Spirit. But true gifts uh, are given to edify individuals and bring them to God. And uh, presiding authority is in a position where they can help individuals to understand gifts and signs and see that they're done in a way that brings people to Jesus Christ rather than writhe on the floor like a snake or jump around like a baboon. All right, so we move on to our last point of discussion. We're talking about recording, making records. Why do we even bother with this? In section 47, John Whitmer was called to serve as a historian and recorder for the church 
as Oliver Cowdery, who had kind of been filling that role, was to be occupied by other assignments. The assignment uh, in the section is to write and keep a regular history, and then also to keep the church record and history continually. Those are the phrases used. Now, if we have continuing revelation and a living prophet whereby we can know what God would have us do now, why bother recording things at all? What does it matter what was said in some revelation 200 years ago? If we can know what's right today, why bother recording? Well, there are multiple correct answers to that question. Um, one of it, one of them is uh, that we frequently need the same information repeated. And you can see that pattern throughout the Old Testament. How many times did God have to tell the people that they needed to keep the commandments? How many times has the message of his prophets been some derivative of repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand? And often, the same advice that the Lord has already given can be used to help us make good decisions, whether that's what Moses was given in learning to delegate the counsel that he received uh, for, both from the Lord and also from his father-in-law Jethro. Uh, or there are numerous other insights that we get as we study the same scriptures over and over. In your personal study, you have probably noticed, or I hope you've noticed, that as you read, even the same passages that you may have read many times before, new ideas and insights will become clear to you. Uh, that's obviously only possible if the old things are recorded. Keeping a record of the successes and failures in early church history can help us today. The church has greatly benefited in learning from, for example, financial difficulties and successes of the past. And using those lessons appropriately has brought the church from a position in which members struggled in destitution, great poverty, to finally, after tons of sacrifice, construct a single temple in Kirtland. And you can contrast that to our most recent general conference in which President Nelson announced 20 new temples. And then just in between conference sessions, he announces a new one in Ephraim, Utah. There's so much going on all over that is only possible thanks to understanding and appropriately applying uh, the prudence and the lessons that were learned in the past. Proper recording has helped make wise decisions and put us in a unique position now. Additionally, we rarely learn all at once. Sometimes there are experiences in which we learn a great deal in a short amount of time. There exists things like Section 76, uh, the vision, a ton of stuff, small period of time. But I think that most of the time we learn in very small increments, 
line upon line, precept on precept, like stalactites in caves, in which only a small amount of mineral is deposited as the water drips down, the growth can be imperceptibly small. But over time, growth is not only evident, it can be astounding. In caves, it creates massive structures that provide fascination and wonder for all who see them. And in us, as we slowly increase in our knowledge and ability, we can see, if we compare where we are now with where we were, that there is a great deal of change that has likely taken place. In order to take advantage of this typical case, the line-upon-line line progression, you have to be able to look at what you've received over time. Recording history is ideal in helping us to identify and harness this growth. Now, how do you do that? I noted that some of the things uh, that I recorded in journals when I was younger, really cringy. My attitudes, interests, and desires are quite different now than when I was young. And focusing on worries and frustrations, that was really not helpful at all. Some people do have a gift for recording the right details and keeping a traditional journal very useful for people that have that ability. But I would like to suggest that other people don't have that ability. But everyone has some ability through which they can express their faith, testimony, understanding, and wisdom, and reflect growth. If you're a painter, keep paintings that you do over time. Learn from what you've done in the past and improve. If you're a singer or play an instrument, Record music that demonstrates this. If you write fiction, write stories that capture these feelings. I'll note on this that Jesus loved telling fictional stories that captured big ideas. Think about the last time that you went to a museum. What impressed you? Was it a written record that detailed an important account? Maybe not. Maybe it was something visual, something that you heard, something else. What are you deliberately creating that conveys your deeply held beliefs in a similar way? In the end, there are many ways that you can create to convey your growth or testify of what God has given. Make something of value, worth passing on, intended to inspire others. You have been given gifts. Develop them and use them. We all have a responsibility to help one another in diverse ways to feel welcome on the covenant path that leads to Jesus Christ. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we'll look at sections 49 and 50, discussing the light of the world. There's a lot we did not cover today. Please study that individually and with your family. And as always, fight on.